Hello, folks. This is Nathan from Utility Muffin Labs. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcasts, Nerd Words, and 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. I wanted to take a couple of seconds to let you know about some of the ways we are trying to fund our podcasts. First, we have a GoFundMe so that we can replace our broken down old computer. Check it out at www.gofundme.com forward slash help dash keep dash the dash labs dash running. Or click the link on any of our recent podcasts on utilitymuffinlabs.com. Speaking of our website, you'll notice that we've added some Amazon and drive through RPG banners to our site. In addition, our newest VTM25 posts will have links to purchase the books that we talk about. Using those banners and links to buy those books helps us tremendously. Give them a click and help us earn a little bit. Lastly, we've recently set up a Patreon page. We've got a few rewards for our patrons so far, and we plan to bring more as time goes on. Visit our website for the link or go directly to patreon.com forward slash 25 years of Vampire the Masquerade. Thank you for your continued support, and let's get to the show. Welcome to 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, a retrospective, presented to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com. Welcome, once again, to 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. I am the overwhelmed Nathan. And I am the equally overwhelmed Bob. And today we're going to be reviewing the first edition slash second edition, the first printing of the Tremere clan book. Clan book Tremere. Bum, bum, bum. A fantastic and wonderful clan book everyone and their mother should read. Before we get into the review, though, we're going to get uh, we're gonna get uh, to some of the obligatories, some of the requirements. You support us. We want to support you back. So we want to talk about all of the patrons that have supported us on Patreon over the last month. And we're going to read a quick review that someone sent us uh, that only I have read. So to get started, let's talk about our patrons. We've uh, we've had a bunch of excitement over the game that we're running on our Discord server. It's called Curse of Cain. Which is amazing. If you have questions about it, if you're interested in hearing more about it, go to our website, utilitymuffinlabs.com. Go to the Curse of Cain segment, a little drop down there, and all of the information that you need should be available Otherwise, if you follow us on Twitter or on Facebook, you should have access to our Utility Muffin Labs Discord page. It is free to all. We just have to approve you when you enter. Without further ado, let's uh, let's give shout outs to some of these uh, awesome people. Awful. Agreed, agreed. I almost called them awful. Awesome people. Thank you. <laughs> uh, all right. May 2nd. William West, thank you for your pledge. Ryan Brown on May 4th, thank you for your pledge. Dead Game Society, who we're big fans of, who are also big fans of us. They've uh, deemed us worthy to support us on Patreon. Thank you, Chad. Jeff Mosgaller, I hope I pronounced that right. May 15th. May 17th, Schnubel, the one and the only. Daniel Shorman, May 20th, thank you. Brett Armstrong, May 20th as well. Joseph West, who's actually been on one of our old podcasts, a couple Joey. of them. Uh, he pledged on May 20th. Morgan Culbertson, May 21st. Rachel Hoffman, May 21st as well. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Rachel. Uh, Larry Hout, uh, H-A-U-G-H-T. Sorry again if we... Real quick on a footnote. Yeah. Rachel is testing for what level? I don't know, and I she she tends to keep that stuff like Got it. closely guarded, but... We're moving on. She's a badass. 
You she's all should, a badass. She, you should follow her on Twitter, Rachel of Science. She's awesome. Uh, Greg Collins, May 29th. Thank you, Greg. Kelly J- Jacobson, May 30th. Boom. How about that? Alexander Gene Popham, May 31st. And Michael Bubba Snap, May 31st. Thank you. Welcome all of our Bubba Patreon. Bubba Snap is badass. He is. He is badass. Uh, we're happy to have you. Welcome to our 25 years of Vampire the Masquerade family, our utility muffin labs. We will all, we will have, uh, we'll have desks for you all to sit at. Desks, uh, totally. You'll, you'll have beakers and Bunsen burners that you can utilize to create scientific material. And uh, you will work in a tall, dingy gray building. You don't start on working the gray men off the bat, though. You got to start on people first. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so definitely thank you for all of your support. Um, we really appreciate uh, everything that all of you guys do for us. And, uh, we hope we can continue to provide you with quality vampire, the masquerade and assorted entertainment. Now, uh, the, the review that we've gotten, uh, one of our fans, Wilson MacGyver sent us a message the other day and he says, hi there. I discovered the podcast six weeks ago when I was about to go on a week long Vegas trip. I ended up spending most of my free time listening to the past episodes to catch up. Great content. Thank you. The timing couldn't have been more perfect in many ways. The first time I saw Vampire the Masquerade, it was the year it debuted at Gen Con. I remember looking at it and thought to myself, that's cool, but the only thing you can play is a vampire, nothing else. I looked through it and did uh, like the dice pool system, since it was a slimmed down Shadowrun D6 dice pool system using D10s. Uh, Not a surprise given Tom Dowd, creator of Shadowrun, wrote some material for early vampire books. I bought the book because I thought the book is so pretty and the art is very unique. We agree. We we did too. 100%. I never did look at Vampire the Masquerade again. Until last year, with changes in life and we couldn't keep the same players in the group playing consistently, which is a story we hear pretty frequently, we decided to play a different RPG one-shot adventure every month. We tried a bunch of games, but the Vampire one-shot never did stop. Awesome. The first adventure was the one in the back of the book, Baptism by Fire. Currently, the game is set in New Orleans. I was very excited to listen to the recent episode of New Orleans by Night. I really enjoyed the episode. It actually didn't bother me that they didn't spell out who killed Doran or why Simon DeCasa just disappeared. Gives a storyteller the freedom to write the ending, uh, so to say. I'm currently having the players slowly solving Doran's murder as long as, ter- uh, as, as, a, as the long-term plot. Pardon me for stumbling over my stupid face. <laughs> Listening to the episodes is like going back in time and seeing how the game line unfolds, which is kind of our whole point. The whole shtick. So in one of the episodes, one listener feedback wanted you guys to reach forward to compare how things have changed. I was shouting, no, no, not yet. The timeline hasn't happened yet. And, <laughs> and we agree. We, we very much like to keep the cards close to our chest. We may allude that, hey, this is going to change in the future, but, you know, keep in, uh, keep in touch for that. We say nothing. But we like to keep it where it is now. You know, we like to, we don't want to give spoilers. Even though it's a 25-year-old, going on 26-year-old game, we like to keep it legit. You're on the Utility Muffin Lab time machine. Our group is slowly exploring the game and setting using mostly second edition books, so your podcast has been a perfect companion to all of us. In fact, sometimes before a session starts, we end up discussing a recent episode we all heard. Now, I have only one question for you guys. So what does Utility Muffin Labs mean? Well... (laughs) I'll take over the microphone for that. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. So Utility Muffin Labs kind of just started as my own little thing. 
Um, I, w- I went to school for broadcasting and I wanted a place where I could post my artwork, post some of the you know, audio things that I had done, some of the video editing that I had done. And I was just like, it, it's just me. And I, I have a weird non sequitur sense of humor, but I wanted something like I wanted a name that kind of represented my humor and things that influenced me. So not to get overly detailed here, but Utility Muffin Labs is a reference to a Frank Zappa song. I am a huge Frank Zappa fan, and I really like the idea of a giant faceless corporation that is essentially like a like a propaganda mill and they make virtually nothing. Like what, what is more ridiculous than a utility muffin? It's a muffin that has no artistic value. It's not creative. It's just churned out stamp by stamp by stamp and sold to other businesses that serve them to their other office drones. So for me, it was kind of like a goof on that concept. Like this is my, this is my giant faceless corporation that just churns out these things. So it uh, doesn't really mean anything. At the end of the day, it really doesn't mean anything. What it means is we make adequate and quality muffins consistently every time. Yeah, it's uh, it's just a goof. Uh, that's really all. So no great story, no grand design. Uh, and there shouldn't be because we're not about creativity. We're about adequacy. And my idea got shot down. I wanted to be called uh, Two Dude Mike Fight. <laughs> but that didn't quite work uh, on the cutting floor as utility muffin labs. <laughs> yeah, basically, uh, like I said, I had the website and everything before we really started the podcasts, and I was just like, "Hey, why am I going to go create some other thing that uh, you know take all that time when I already have something and this represents me?" And by design, it represents my comrade in arms, Robert Batten. Robert Batten. So, anyways, I hope hopefully that uh, has cleared up all of the mystique for you, and uh, we can get down to the podcast. Boom. Also, uh, real quick, I want to give a shout out. If you like the podcast that we do, you want to play this game, you want to experience maybe a LARP. You definitely want to get online and check out One World by Night. They run a variety of games all over the country and all over the world. So. Uh, you know, if you want to get in, get started, check them out, uh, go to their website, OWBN.net, and you can find, uh, games in geographic locations all over the world. And, uh, you can find different genres of the white wolf game, werewolf, vampire, the masquerade, and, uh, they have a lot of new staff. They're doing a lot of new things. So definitely check them out at least maybe just to even see a game played, uh, meet some new people, go have some fun. Uh, also check them out on Twitter, One World by Night. Without further ado, then let's get into this daggone podcast. Dun, 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 dun. So, Clan Book Tremere. Um, Clan Book Tremere is unique in a couple of different ways. It's unique in that uh, it's designed a little bit differently. Uh, just uh, the layout, the colors. Um, definitely, these early Clan books. They all seem to have kind of a unique styling. There wasn't one unifying like typeset layout for them. This one has like the torn paper with the gray background. So very unique in that. In the later clan books, you'll note that there's more of like a unifying visual theme. In these early clan books, I feel like there was more of a rush to creativity. I just want to point out yep. that if you listen to these podcasts, you get more and more descriptive about the actual book. 
Yeah, every it's, time it's uh, cracking me up though i mean it's one of those things where i quietly sit here and smile that's why i give you a goofy grin because <laughs> you're like the page is smooth off color white not quite a yes shell. it's a it's black a, ink not quite the right yes. uh aries 12 type ink well but. forgive me for giving a shit <laughs> <laughs> so uh other than that standard um, it seems a little bit, maybe there's a little bit more information in here, or maybe there's just more information about the clan, but like in comparison to the Torador clan book, I didn't feel like it just threw us in head first. I felt like it gave us really from the start to the current, like it built us this, up. This rolls you like a bowling ball into some pins of clan. Oh, Chimera. absolutely. The first story. So a lot of times we kind of wax over the introductory story. Uh, this one gives you a very sort of visceral uh, look into someone being initiated into the Tremere clan. It's a little uncomfortable. It is a little uncomfortable. Because when you read it, it's from the perspective of a girl who looks, it reads a lot like she's waking up from a roofie. Right. But, <laughs> but this dude keeps like, stuffing this viscous liquid right in her mouth telling like drink it drink the liquid repeat after me say, say the, the words, words. <laughs> say the words it's like what the fuck am i reading so what's happening in this story is she's unceremoniously embraced and they establish right away that all the the you know i'm gonna pick my chilled and i'm gonna bring them to my <laughs> bosom that other clans like maybe the torador or the ventry would do or you know maybe even the bruja like hey do you want to join the the world of the undead do you want to live forever you. yeah the tremere don't do that at all we found you you have merit and worth you're going to get embraced and they establish that it's so cold and so detached that i'm not even going to let you drink from my wrist Nope. I'm going to force feed you a combination of my blood and the blood from the inner council who are the the council of seven who sort of hold sway over the entire clan. You don't even get to meet them. You just get to drink some of their right. blood Streak of their blood and enjoy it. Right. Which, and, by the way, is a foul, viscous liquid. I can't right. even imagine having to choke this down. And so the the story kind of cuts off like in the middle of that introduction and then it immediately shows us the Tremere code and the Tremere code it gives you both the actual code itself and then immediately gives you an explanation of what that portion of the code means right so it's very different from other clan books in the sense that there is a hierarchy and more so than any other clan it is not only paramount but it is absolute in your existence as a Tremere what impressed me is that, as a side note, this was this book was such a special gem to people in the live action scene. And when this came out, people playing Clan Tremere that we were with, there were seven guys, and you had to memorize the Tremere code. Oh my god! For them to allow you to be a part of their clan, otherwise you were an outsider. You want to talk about the first oh, time I I played Tremere in a live action game? It was like, it was worse than like being quizzed at school. You know, I was taken into a side room and these guys were like, recite the code. And I was like, uh, can I, can I, get, I, I got it written down. Can I, I can't remember the code. Dude, the code is like three pages. Right. It's like, what, what? And, and they're like reciting it. And I was like, whoa, okay. Clearly this wasn't a good idea for a first time player. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Like, you, you should probably stick with Bruja. <laughs> Not with Tremere, depending on the type of game that you have. Now, obviously, this was a long time ago, and people were very gung ho about it. But um, we're, we're just going through why this was this was amazing, right? Because the code is set to where it basically says there is nothing but Clan Tremere. 
There is only Clan Shamir. You will always serve Clan Shamir. You will never get in the way of Clan Shamir. You will always grow stronger. You will always be more knowledgeable. You will always seek power. But you will not seek those things if it interferes with that of the whole of Clan Shamir. Now, if you you attract danger, it is danger you accept unto you to die happily before it becomes a problem for Clan Shamir. Right. Clan Shamir above all else, the, the, the pyramid must always be lifted but then it gets insidious because you're one step blood bound to a council of seven right and to a council of seven you'll never meet right in all likelihood it's a, you don't want to meet them no right to tell you that because it's a common punishment right right you mess up drink from the cup a second time right as you get more and more obsessive to being blood bound eventually to seven people you've never met yeah so for a first time player someone who read the the you know uh the vampire the masquerade core rule book and they were like oh th- these are kind of cool these tremere this is opening up a whole new world world for you. Can of worms. You know, they, they will establish in that book that, hey, you know, these are a structured uh, group of vampires, you know, they're very clear hierarchy, but that's really as far as you get. Right. You open this book and boom, you're slammed like, no, nah, it's not just a hierarchy. This is an order. You got it. From top to bottom, everyone serves a purpose. Everyone serves a role. And uh, then we get into chapter two. And the Chronicles of the Tremere. And the Tremere don't pull any punches about their history. They, they slam they, you, right? It's, right? it's so on the nose. First off, they come from the Order of Hermes, right? Which right. Instantly state, Order of House Hermes, right? And once you start reading about it, they don't get into what Order of Hermes is. They just tell you that they were mages. Right. And what a mage is, is a will worker. Well, just imagine that they're mortals, that their magic can literally do whatever they want in reality that they right. can imagine. It's enough for the podcast, but that's what it is. And the Order of Hermes is uh, formulaic. Mm-hmm. They're very much like you would think of when you think of Gryffindor or something like that. Not that nice. Mm-hmm. Definitely not that nice, but like ancient books and texts and potions and right. magic and all that stuff. But off the bat, they tell you that Tremere was a son of a bitch. He oh, was, yeah. He was a guy who was telling everybody that we should stop the warring and stop the fighting amongst our house. And unite under, unite as one for a common cause. Meanwhile, his hitmen are behind <laughs> the works like the SS, just using physical might and skullduggery and espionage yeah. to just position him higher and higher up the chain. Right. And they, they established that at this time, uh, the Wayback Machine, about uh, around the turn of the millennium, they noticed that things were starting to change in the world. Now, these, these mages in the order of Hermes, Tremere and his cabal, they had been essentially living like immortals. They had been uh, making their lives longer due to their magical abilities. Well, they sense this disturbance and um, their the, this substance, whatever it is. It's called this. This, right. It, it seems to be vanishing from the world. And apparently they use that to make themselves live longer. Now, it's important because it's science and logic is winning out. And it says flat out that it's a matter of belief. More and more people are no longer believing in the supernatural as much as science and logic. Right. And because of that, they are losing their ability to have the magic they have. Right. Misconception. Magic was fleeing the world. That is not accurate. It comes down to belief. It depends on where you're at. In other words, the magic that was sustained by the massive belief in what they were able to do is lessening where they're at. Right. Is the goal it is. But a lot of people took that as it's gone. Why that's important? There's plenty of supplements later on down the road or that you might even know now what you may be wondering is why does everybody say magic was leaving the world eh 
say kumsa, but understand that that difference is important. Right. Definitely, there's a change happening, and the and Tremere and his cabal, they they go, hey, we need to find a way to cheat this because. I think a side effect of living for a really long time is that you really don't want to die. <laughs> you want to keep living for a much longer period of the, time. One of the first photos in the book, I say one of the first because I'm thinking I'm thinking it is the first, uh, but it shows there's clearly a mage who apprehensively has a scroll in his hand, ancient scroll, bunch of text written on it, and there's this thing cloaked in a black murder cloak, has the tendrils for a face, and these massive demonic-like hands reaching out to him like to embrace him. And that sums up what it must have been like to be an immortal back then. That you were, If you're immortal and you're making a deal to be immortal, what does it care that you signed your soul over? Right. What does it matter that you've sacrificed your family and everything you love to move forward? It doesn't matter. You're going to be around till the end of time. At least that was the deal at that point. But as you're looking finality into the face, like death is inescapable, right? At least for a mortal even for a mortal mage who's extending his life, it must be terrifying to know that there are places beyond this world and you're about to find out every one of them. Right. And uh, it, it, we talked about this briefly in a different podcast, but they go on to tell us that at this point in time, the Chantry that, uh, for House Tremere was Sioris. Now, we know at this point, Sioris is in uh, Eastern Europe. It's, uh, it, what is it, Western Transylvania. It's, it's in... a place that's constantly stalked by evil things in the night demons werewolves vampires etc so it's time to do some experiments what can we do to maintain that uh that that life expectancy so chamir is in need and he also has a guy who's gonna get needs done and enter goratrix now goratrix is his right hand man his toucan sam this is the james bond of clan chamir Right. He's described as handsome and unafraid, and he is definitely impetuous. He jumps forward and dives into the vampires to find their secret of immortality. And what's pimp about this is that he does. He gets in there, he finds himself as a meese, he chains that Zemis down, and he tortures the shit out of him. <laughs> and he's like, you're going to tell me what I want to know. And Zemis is like, yeah, because I'm being tormented by you. So you get that. Right. And then, then he goes, okay, cool. Well, now what you're going to do is you're going to embrace two of my closest apprentices who came along with me. And those apprentices are like, what? And then Zemis eats them <laughs> right. and makes them. He goes, okay, they're vampires now. You said you let me go. And Gortrick says, and so I shall. And sets him on fire and kills the Zemis. <laughs> right. And the other two are like, what the fuck? And then he chains them. And right. he goes, and now the experimentation can begin. Right. So he takes them home and gets to whack it on them. Just, just <laughs> experimenting and figuring out the whole process. How does hot burning wax feel compared to open flame to a vampire? No. You know, you get the idea, but he gets answers. Gortrix clearly is thorough and gets to the meat of the bone. Or gets to the bone marrow, excuse me, of the meat. Despite that. He gets somewhere in the middle. He gets somewhere. Right there. <laughs> what I'm trying to get to. Cuts to it. Uh, but anyway. So he comes back to Tremere and he's and he basically says, "Hey boss, great idea. I discovered it, but there's a hitch. Kind of need something." And um aside from that hardship, I figured it out, but we're not going to be we're not going to be mortal anymore. I just want you to know that. And Tremere basically tells Goratrix, "Yeah, only you and I heard that." <laughs> right. <laughs> only you and I, and I'll get you the item he needs. Now, they tell you in a book that there was this druidic house called uh, Diadne. Um, if I'm pronouncing it correct. And this Druidic house is pretty cool. For anyone listening, it's it's like a, an excerpt because people are wondering there are no there's no Druidic na nature magic 
following in, in Clan Shamir. Well, that's because they ate them. <laughs> Shamir off the bat went, there's this house that has a secret I need to keep this ritual going. And he goes to this house and clearly they weren't going to give it to him. Hi, I'm Shamir. You're nobody. Right. And just and, and it's not even that insidious. It's, it's, it's worse than that because he goes to them, asks them, and my assumption is the way they write it, they gave it to him. It's just he didn't want any evidence left behind. No loose ends, no half measures. And they are gone. And he now has their secrets. And he turns around to Gorgix and goes, as promised, here's what you needed. Now, this is all very hush-hush as to what they could have gave. But the fact is, is Gortrix now has everything he needs, and Gortrix tells it on the mountain. Right, and he, he has his ritual. He goes to the other six, Etrus being the first, and he says, Hey, buddy, figured it out. We're now immortal. We'll cast magic forever. We just gotta do this ritual. And Etrus like, Oh, yeah, cool. Hey, everybody. Gortrix figured it out. It's pretty cool. We'll follow <laughs> the formula. And they, they get to formula writing. Right. Now, mind you, this is uh, the inner circle of Tremere. This, these are his closest uh, apprentices, closest magi, and they participate in this ritual. And this ritual turns them into vampires. Oh, no. Right. So they're no longer mages. Etrius in tears. What have I become? What am I now? And Tremere takes it like a champ. He says, well, that's done. <laughs> now we move forward. And they're like, but we can't cast magic. We no longer have access to this. We can't. And Shamir's like, we no longer need it. We will find another way, as we always have done. Right. But then you have everybody else going, what the fuck? But they notice that Gortrix is unfazed, and so is Shamir, cementing that clearly the, they weathered the blow before this happened, but made the decision for the other six. Right. So <laughs> they go on, and they begin to secretly and quietly pass the curse on to the entire house. Well, because if you're the rest of the order, <laughs> order of Hermes, you're right. like, these sons of bitches, not even, what, a decade ago? We're, we're literally elbow deep in warring for position, and Tremere was almost the head of the order of Hermes from what he did. Mm -hmm. Except there was too much baggage following him in, of espionage and allegations, and worse. There were too many bodies for him to hide. Now, where did these seven people go, or these eight people go during the day? No one can answer it. Any, any mage that got suspicious got embraced, and they, they just started this lockstep process where it just became a problem. Right. And what's going on at this time now is all of the understudies of Tremere, all of the other potent uh, mage-turned-vampires, uh, they're all fighting, battling it out. And rumor has it, Tremere assembled them all together and said, fuck y'all, drink from the cup. Right. You're all getting bloodbound. Now, this is vehemently de denied by the Clan Tremere. <laughs> Bloodbonding is strictly forbidden by Clan Tremere. We never would have done that. No, never, oh, no. never, never. Mm -hmm. But uh, suddenly now they were all working together. They were all working towards the same goal. If you were, if you were part of House Tremere, you were now part of House Tremere. Now, here's the other shoe of this. Gortrix whacked as a Misi Elder. Yeah. That does not stand. No. Because they didn't move. Not like they killed them and left the area. They, these were just mages living with the Zemis. Right. And the Zemis were like, well, so be it. Right. They're there. They're not children of the night. Yeah? Well, one of them just whacked one of you, Jack. What are you going to do? <laughs> and, and the Zemis were like, what we're going to do is eat them. Right. Deploy the horde. So what What did the Tremere do? Well, most specifically, you have Gortrix. In his laboratory, night well, night night after night, from uh, you know dusk until dawn, going over tomes and experimenting <laughs> on Nosferatu and Gangrel and anything, anyone he can capture and torture and do experiments on, 
and he comes up with the gargoyle. And what's interesting about it is that there's a there's a Versitania is her name, and she's the mother of gargoyles. She cracked that, but it was under Gortrix's watch, which is what I'm getting to. So Gortrix is is a delegator, he's an innovator, and he's a guy who basically dives headfirst. Fortune favors the bold, and he is Alexander the fucking great of Clan Tremere. He doesn't care what's going to happen to him. He's all risk, because you don't get anything if you don't risk. But right. he pulls out these successes to the chagrin of Atreus, who's mm-hmm. basically the soul of House Tremere. Because Atreus knows you did not create gargoyles out of nothing. Right. They had to come from somewhere. And why are the vampires constantly trying to eat us? What is going on? So Gortrix shows up. He says, don't worry. I have brought friends and descending on a horrid wings and walking forward are these slaves, these stone slaves and to Jameer. Well done, Gortrix. Absolutely. You serve the house again. Absolutely. And so now we have something to defend ourselves against the, the Slavic hordes and they're sleeping in soil and they're horrifying monsters that keep attacking our Chantry walls. Well, you have the stone monsters of uh, equally terrifying repute. So we've got that under control. And Tremere's like, hey, there's like this whole world out there among the vampires. (laughs) And we really need to be a part of that. And, And why? We're not mages anymore. And we never can be again. That's not our world anymore. We're not them. But we are these things. And you have some of the seven. I forget which one. But they come back and tell, or it was Atreus, it comes back and tells Tremere, hey, by the way, all these other clans want us dead. Right. And Tremere's like, what do you mean? Well, we've done something bad. We, we didn't come from any specific lineage. We stole our immortality. They don't know where we came right. from. And they're ancient. Right. And, and their, their ancient nature makes them so much more powerful than we are. We're essentially fledglings. These things have been around for centuries, and while we had very long lives, much longer than any normal human being, we've only been here in in this realm for a very short period of time. As vampires. Right. We need to step it up. And so, Shabir and the, and the Seven look around and see the political landscape for what it is. You have elders being assaulted by the young. There's this warring going on, as we know. The War of Ages is well underway. Um, and they're they're looking around, and mm-hmm. you have the venture trying to come all the way into the Carpathians to make headway to 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 basically conquer. And so Tremere gives the order, says, "Yeah, join them. Whatever they are, join them." Right. And they lay this seed, this plan to be useful and helpful to whatever this organization is beco- becoming, whatever they're doing. Right. From the elders down, but don't deliver from a position of authority. Do it as in we're new, and we're trying to help. Right. Now, we know the founders and the story of the camera. We talked about that, how they're formed. Right. What you don't know is that the Tremere were the pillar of strength that they pulled into them. Yeah. Well, we haven't gotten that far yet because we, we, we can't forget oh, who the Tremere decided. So they decided, well, all of these, these clans, they have a founder, what they call an antediluvian. I did forget a big So point. we should yep. find one and we should, we should eat him. So that we can we can become as they are with this ridiculous ancient ritual, which, by the way, I'll tell you now, I feel is horseshit because they find <laughs> allegedly every sleeping antediluvian and Shamir goes, hmm, well, you know, this solids, he's he's been really not that protected. Yeah. 
Here's his haven. Didn't even really have a guardian. Right. It's just the uh, hidden on a face from mountain. Look right. at this guy. Right. And uh, so they go and they find his uh, his resting spot, uh, the resting spot of the founder of the Salubri clan. And they're met with very little resistance. There are some guards. They're easily dispatched. And there in the sarcophagus lies Solid. Just just sleeping. Just pretty as he pleases. Just a snooze. Maybe even a little smile on his face. And Shamir's like, yeah, yummy. Let's get to it. Bangs in. And they eat him. And as this is happening, this brilliant third eye opens up on Solid's <laughs> forehead. And the Tremere are like, whoa, what's that? And too late. Yep. And <laughs> that's that. Done. And he's gone. But now the Tremere have a founder. And they make no bones about it. They're not like, oh, we were defending ourselves. We really need to survive. And he was terrible. No, they were like, he was the easiest choice. Let's go eat him up. We did what we had to do. Now, what this means in the sort of undercurrent of the game, that's really up for you to decide. There will be a dozen books with a dozen different tales and a dozen different interpretations. Tons of theories. Uh, and so now, well, Tremere, he's uh, he's an antediluvian. With a sleeping disorder. Yeah, well, geez, I'm getting real tired now. I don't I don't know. First it was a couple weeks here and there. Yeah. Then, then it turned to months. He's in Torpor. Right. And for years, years, stretches. Years decades. Right. But uh, as he's waking up off and on, he's like, you know what? Tell you what, why don't you seven are in charge. Right. Why don't you seven figure it out? But since you seven can't seem to get along, we're going to scatter you to different geographic locations. Uh, get the fuck out of the house. Now, who can't get along? Because it's relevant. Etrius, who's uh, or Etrius, depending on how you pronounce his name, Etrius, is literally just like, listen, we got to maintain a semblance of order. Good guys. Let's think about things cold, logical, and rational like we always have. And then you have Goratrix. Fuck that. I've gotten everything we've obtained at this point by diving right. Literally, there's fate, and she's telling me you're going to get screwed, and I keep taking her to task, and she hasn't done it yet. That's what we do. And in the middle, you have Mirlinda, who you really haven't heard about anything yet, but Mirlinda is, uh, think of the old uh, Camelot version of uh, Merlin. Mm -hmm. That's how she's kind of presented out of this book, and she's more or less the medium. She's like, listen, both of you, shut up. I hear you. You're great. That's awesome. But here's all the stuff we need. How about this? You're the fist of the north. You're the fist of the south. Figure it out. <laughs> just, just go to do your own thing. You guys are right under that. We'll we'll just keep tabs. Right. So they form the council is what we're getting. At. Right there. The, now you have the the council of seven and they're all in charge of something different. And you start having the Inquisition. The Inquisition comes to town, and, man, the Order of Hermes, they really suffer. Yeah, well, it's Big weird. time. Right. It's, it's so weird. Much. And mostly it's because the Tremere are a bunch of black-hearted evil bastards <laughs> and have essentially brought ruin upon the house that they left. And so with the Inquisition comes this Anarch Revolt, uh, elders being uh, destroyed by their children. And in that sort of, uh, in that revolutionary Tumult. state, in, in, yeah, in that, in that time of fire, well, we start to make strange alliances. And the Tremere, in their infinite wisdom, they would lay claim to coming up with the concept and idea of the Camarilla. And this is what you were touching on earlier. Right. And uh, they're like, yeah, it's ours. We make it. But... <laughs> Nobody trusted them, and rightly so. They shouldn't. It's it's recent history that these 
these dark magicians came and stole their immortality. You didn't come out of nowhere. Right. And we know that. Right. We also know you used to be mages, too. Some of us dealt with you, stupid. Right. So, oh, by the way, the Zemis over there are really pissed at you <laughs> and making no bones that you've been killing them. Right. Oh, don't forget the Nas and the gang girl. No, you've been stealing them, kidnapping them, and bringing them into a tower. Yeah, yeah. Here's one thing that you've proven. You're dangerous. Mm-hmm. So we'll hear, you, we'll hear you out. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a really great, Mr. Venture, that you came up with this idea. We're more than willing to just jump in and support you on it, okay? <laughs> and of course, the Tremere, uh, having that sort of wisdom of the ages, went, eh, maybe it's not a good idea we lay claim to this one. Let's just take a support role here. And let's let's not forget the poor Venture. I don't even say the poor Venture. Mm-hmm. Hardest at the psychopath. Right. Has led a campaign of war throughout the Carpathians with a hate for the Zemis that only the Zemis can cultivate. Right. And the Zemis have said, we'll embrace and send every single one of our people who we love right at you. Right. We don't give a shit. You're not taking our homeland. And the Tremere were like, ah, oh, well, we can help you with that. Right. And that's the, and here's the idea. So you have two clans that were at the point of desperation. And really, I won't say the whole of Clan Venture, but Hardestad is someone of note. Well, and then they talk about, too, Hardestad getting murdered in here. Yep. And they straight up say, when Hardestat was murdered by the Bruja Tyler, <laughs> this is, hey, hey, Tremere, we, we know Tyler's story. We know exactly who killed Hardestat. <laughs> oh, by the way, we're just going to let them have that one. Again, yes. we're, we're jumping in behind <laughs> the winning team. We're going we're gonna to back their play because now they'll protect us. They know we have potent magics. They know we're willing to, to be loyal, but they're not going to trust us. Which, no shit, they're not going to trust which is us. Old hat. Right. Same shit order of Hermes, right? Some people are going to get done in. We're going to back you. Right. But know that we back you. Right. We're going to have this face of complete solidarity. We're, we're totally in for the win. We're on your we're on your side. <laughs> we're on the winning team. But also, really, mostly we're concerned about ourselves. So they turn into you. those fair weather uh, sports fans. <laughs> we like the champions and only the champions. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So at this point, it seems to me to be that there is an order of Hermes out there that good night. Bye bye. Sweet dreams. You will go like the dodo. And uh, those that survived, really not big fans of those Tremere, uh, theorized that they decided to make a deal with the technocracy. They mentioned them specifically in here. Now, whether that happened or not, it's of very little importance because the Tremere, they don't need this anymore, they don't need any of that stuff. Because they a new way. Right. They, they've discovered a new way. There's a new way of being. But with the formation of the Camarilla and the changing tide of uh, alliances, maybe it's not such a great idea for the Tremere to stay in Transylvania. <laughs> deep in the heart of Sabat territory. So they pick up and they move and they move to Vienna. And that is their new home turf, Vienna. Now, did they, get, did they abandon Sioris? No. Did they put someone else in charge of it? Sure did. And and that's a later supplement. How Sioris has its own book. That's the only reason why I mention it here. Won't dive into it. But just note that. They kept that as a chantry that the Zemis can assault. And they built Vienna in secret. Right. They only made uh, the Camarilla aware of where the Vienna is. So they right. think, hey, we're a part of you. This is where we're at. They had to move all their libraries in a big-ass box that might hold a white worm. All right. And then there was some ancient <laughs> shit in Sioris that they couldn't quite abandon. Which is why they kept it up. Right. So then they talk about uh, the the history forwarding the new world and, um, you know, discovering these uh, these wild lands. And, um, you know, we send Merlinda 
uh, go go investigate the New World, North America. And, you know, we, we can we can estimate how that turned out. Right. She did pretty She's, good. Yeah, she, she did quite well for herself, uh, as it would seem. Um, and then uh, it's noted in the 1800s that a number of young Tremere just seemed to have gone missing. Huh, imagine yeah, that. And, and where's, where's Gortrex? Yeah, I wondered about that myself. Because, you know? I mean, it seemed like Gortrex was pretty much like at the forefront of all the major discoveries and all the all the important happenings with Gortrex the Tremere clan. Gortrex to me is like the handsome Jack from Borderlands. <laughs> right? He's the one with the diamond pony. Right. And he rode that diamond pony right to the Sabbat. <laughs> That's where he went. Yeah. He said, you know what? I've had enough of this. You fuckers. What is the most impetuous, bold thing that you could do? That's join the sect that said, we're going to eat elders. Right. We're going to take it right to the ancients. Right. And Gorchuk was like, are we now? Yeah, well. They've had some success, apparently. We had success, so I know it can be done. Deuces. Right. No letter. No bye-bye. No kiss-kiss. Just see you later. Next time they see him, he's on the side of war, and he's basically, what's up, folks? And uh, they go on to talk about some of the floating rumors. And I'm going to read a couple of these because they're they're. It's rare that you have rumors about the clan you're reading about in the right. clan book. So uh, some of the rumors. Etrius of the Vienna Chantry has viewed what lies in Tremere's coffin. Some say it is a huge worm. That's what I was talking about earlier. The insane Tremere is magically bound in the catacombs beneath the Vienna Chantry. Some say it is for his own good. The gargoyles hiding in the mountains have been breeding. A great clutch of eggs lies hidden in a cave, awaiting for the time of the great hatching. These are Tremere rumors. Right. These are internal rumors. Right. So who hel- who knows what's going on? So then we move on. So that's the history of the Tremere clan unapologetically. Just, that's what it is. Right. Welcome to the clan. They offer you no... No apologies. Yeah, there was an antediluvian. We had to diabolize them, and now we're a clan. And this book is usually is used in a format at this point to where you would photograph. Or this is how it was. I like presenting it. <laughs> I would photocopy the, the Shemir words, and if someone said they wanted to join the clan Shemir, sure. If somebody petitioned for it and they were bringing their friend to be embraced, I would have their friend read these out loud, please. Mm-hmm. He'd read the the order out loud, and then I would loan him this book. Right. Just now you can read on, and then they would usually come back to me like this kind of sucks. <laughs> like this really sucks like i i didn't know it was like too late yeah the, i want to play something else no we we talk about here uh the clan structure right and the clan structure is considered a pyramid it's the great pyramid keep this in mind this clan is only eight individuals at the top there is no way to go up to right. where they're at and not only that you can find them you know where right. they're at this is not there's an elusive group of individuals that might exist or legend. No, no, no. They're all still up walking around, save for one who's just napping. Every other clan is ran like a dynasty. And what a dynasty is, is when you prove your worth and you get strong enough, you get to sit at the table with the rest of the adults and you add to the dynasty strength. Right. Clan Shamir is a pyramid. There is only one at the top and there are only seven that serve him. You will never, ever get out from being a brick. Right. So at the very bottom of the pyramid, you have the apprentice. And the apprentice is exactly what you think it is. It's someone mastering a number of of steps to get uh, up from apprentice. You are Harry Potter at Gryffindor. (laughs) You will be doing a lot of sweeping. You will be putting a lot of books back. You'll know how to clean up a toad after dissection. Chores. But you're a vampire, so you're probably doing that for the first decade. Right. Chores galore. 
you're going to wax the the region's shoes every night for the next decade. Know how your chantry runs. And as you prove your worth, you can step up in that circle of apprenticeship. Hey, tomorrow you might get to make stew for the ghouls. Right. And there's always a number of, of circles. How many of these circles are there? Strangely, there's like seven. Yeah, it's a weird, like, lucky number, maybe. I don't know. Weird. It could be a magic number. <laughs> uh, <laughs> after Apprentice, we have our Regent. And Regents generally tend to rule individual chantries. And a chantry is, uh, you know, as we've discussed briefly in the earlier parts of the podcast, a chantry is the house where the magics are studied, where the secrets are stored, where the the magicians dwell, where the Tremere do their work. Now, typically, you're not going to have a house full of Tremere living there. You might have two or three. You're a Tremere in the city. You've got to find your own house. But you can surely come here and study. You can surely come here and check in for your chores. The point of the regent is to govern what goes on in a city for that chantry. And a chantry is basically the library of Clan Tremere. It's always supposed to be the strength of it in the city. All right. And then uh, to the chantry, uh, sorry, to the regent, the regent, he's going to have to meet with somebody at least once a year, too. And that is the lord. You pick up, you go to the Lord Chantry and go talk to him now. You got to do that once a year. You got to tell him what's going on. Right. You know, answer for some problems, maybe get some rewards, usually answer some problems. Right. So a regent who has attained the seventh level of mastery is eligible for the rank of Lord. Ooh. Sometimes referred to as High Regent. Dun, dun, dun. Now, who does the Lord meet with? Who does he have to speak with? The Pontifex. So go up seven stairs, go meet with the Pontifex. So we're apprentice for seven circles. Now we're considered a rank one regent. Then we have seven circles. Now we're considered right. a high regent or early lord. Right. Then we got seven circles right. of lordship. And then maybe, depending, right. we get to go talk, talking to a Pontifex the whole time. Right. But do we get to be a Pontifex? There are only 49 of them. Oh. So I assume when one dies oh. or one is promoted to... Uh, yeah, probably not. Right. But yep. uh, yes, there are 49 of them. Sure, there are openings, but they're rare and everyone wants them. But once you attain that level of mastery, then perhaps in 100 years, you might have the option so to be promoted to So do we get where the bullseye really is? It's on that Pontifex, isn't it? Right, right. Because from the Pontifex, where do we go from there? Well, every seven years, they get to go and they get to pay their formal dues to the counselors. Oh. <gasps> How many of those are there? Only seven. They are but seven. Only seven. And they seven. are the seven that always were. <laughs> Except for one, because, you know, Goratrix was like, peace out. I'm going to go join the Sabbat. By the way, they don't replace him. No, no, they did. They, they did replace, replace him. him and we will we will talk about him briefly. Which one? His name is Grim Groth. I did forget about yes. that guy. And, and that's, that's as of now. Recall, it's uh, 1994. Things may change in the future. Who knows? Who knows what history holds? For the Tremere clan. Oh, but, my brain's jumping ahead. Yeah, that's they've, only, okay, they've only ever had to replace one, and that's because one left. And how often does one of the council go join an opposing sect? Probably pretty rarely. We'll just call that an epic historical thing. Yeah, absolutely. And then they talk about law. They talk about, uh, well, they talk about the advancement, and they talk about uh, the North American example. And we'll let you all read through that. Um, but they talk about the pontifices of America 
and that's John Diamond and Peter Dorfman. Now, Peter Dorfman is a very interesting character, and I feel like we should not ruin him for you. They'll give you a blurb here, but he is a key character in Washington, D.C.'s plot. So you'll definitely want to check that out once that book comes out. Um, But then they talk about the Chantry and recruiting apprentices. And as we've talked about already, when you recruit an apprentice, are you doing it simply because they have like some magical power? So, no, you got to think about it this way, just to be brass tacks and less haughty about it. Um, if you're in, t- in a new territory for the Camarilla and you come in as a Tremere, it's odds that you're someone of note. And why? It's because you're scouting out the area to see if it's worth putting a Chantry in, lending your secrets, lending the clan strength. What does the clan net by putting you here? And if and just because the clan's gaining something doesn't mean you are right for the spot. So this person's really an assessor. Right. They're going to come in and see what's going on. So let's say there wasn't a... Sh- well, we'll say the forming of Chicago. Nikolai, who's the regent at that point, from the book at this point, as we've been mm-hmm. far into, had to go in there first and look around, see the political climate, and see what they could gain if there was enough uh, lore or cult potential to warrant him being there. And can he navigate those waters successfully for strength? And he said yes. Right. Your next step especially as that Nikolai is to figure out who in this area can benefit you. Cause you need to assess um, your influences, right? Maneuver the right people, gain your assets. Bill's got to get paid all this stuff that you have to manage for this chantry. Now you have to make sure things are in place to get it and you need to stay alive while doing it. Right. This is after yes, house and clan. This is a good spot. I tell the Lord, the Lord gives thumbs up, thumbs down. And then he, fills out his little scroll book to tell it all the way up that, <laughs> right. yes, we have a new chantry right. forming here. Right. Now, here's what's cool about Clan Tremere, though. Once Nikolai was there, he was sent back up as he's he's given time to see all this to fruition. Because don't forget, just because you're the regent, and they're like, fine, you have the rank, you're there, prove your worth. Now you're setting up this building. We gave you some backup. They're temporary. They're temporary unless we change our mind. But ultimately, they're also there to watch Nikolai. If right. he can't hold this... They're going to remove him and put someone else there and steal his glory, his move up the pyramid, the whole nine. So he has to prove himself. So choosing is very meticulous and important. There is no room for love. There is no room for this is my best friend. That's that's out the window. Right. It's, a, you know, typically a, a series of promotions and demotions. But to be concise, we are looking for individuals that are going to bring something of worth to Clan Tremere. You don't necessarily have to have an inborn magical ability. You could be really, really great at one sort of mundane task that the Tremere clan is in need of now. For certain. And that's the criteria. And again, cold. We don't we don't ask you if you want to be a member of the clan. Uh, we, we force you. You are now a member of the clan. Get used to it. Welcome to eternity. Reference back to the opening book. The opening story. Right. Some chick looking roofied forced to drink some viscous liquid and recite the magic words. Right. Who barely even understands what she's saying. When you read that, she thought she had that uh, typical college trope of hot professor, little weird, little eccentric. Right. Making do with uh, the hot 20-something girl in class. And she thought she was going away on a weekend retreat. Or she was going to go get a little, you know, what have you at the professor's house. And she got a lot more than that. And was unexpected. Yeah. And, And But that's every... Tremere ever. Right. But then we talk about law. And uh, the one thing that is important to note is that typically 
issues that arise within the clan, the clan emphasizes it should be handled internally. Amongst the clan, you you have a regent of the Chantry, he should handle it. If there's a dispute between apprentices, they should be able to handle it themselves. Sometimes, though, things don't go quite that way. <clears throat> or perhaps there's an issue that is just beyond the scope of a regional regent's uh, ability to, to handle. And I then, can't stand Merlin. <laughs> Merlin can't stand me. I'm Gandalf. Right. <laughs> we have differing opinions of how we should operate magic. Right. And... Uh, they have a way of resolving it. But also, Merlin may have opened a doorway in the Chantry that goes directly to hell, and we're keeping it closed by jamming phone books under the door. Well, that's probably not a good thing. True, true. Maybe we should have, I don't know, a tribunal to at least try him and deal with him. We'll close the door, of course. You know, we get around to it. Can't have a demon door open and uh, all those little rapscallions run out. But By the way... We're not against that he found a way to open a door into hell. No. It's just he should have known how to close it. Right. He doesn't know how to close it. And also, he wasn't going to share with anybody either. Yeah, he didn't quite have that prepped. No. Because here's the thing about Clan Shemir I really like. If you discover a new ritual or a new path of thaumaturgy, that's buku boost. That you just give a strength to the entire clan because you turn over your discovery to the higher ups. They make it a discipline worth studying in all chantries. Right. This is how it's always been. So, so anyways, tribunal law in extreme cases, circumstances, it very much like mage society. I wonder why. Where did they come from? <laughs> Who had that idea? Right. So then it goes on to talk about some of the political and underground orders within Clan Tremere to, to show you, even though this is a pyramid structure of everyone trying to get to the top and they won't be able to, it additionally, it breaks down into these little occult or political ideological orders, these secret societies. But Tremere might as well be a secret society unto themselves. For sure. They very much are. Most outsiders don't know any of this information. Again, we, we knew there was a, you, you, had to, you had to take an oath, but we didn't know about it, what that oath meant. What was that oath? Well, now you find out here. But we have some different orders, and I feel like... Uh, I would love to go over them in depth, but I feel like it would behoove you, the listener, to read those to understand the intricacies of those particular orders for yourself, to see what deeper things go on inside the clan. So again, there's the corporation, Tremere, but then there is also the conglomerate uh, mm -hmm. companies that go under that umbrella. Those are the smaller individual orders that are not weaker by any sight. They're specialists. Right. And they govern specific areas of study, usually every single order. They're good to get into because they're not not on the, not in this podcast because it just honestly they're super cool. Read them in the book, just like Nate said. But I'm just pointing out the fact: don't glaze over that knowledge either. No, absolutely not. Because you're not limited by just the orders that are in the book. It tells basically it's telling you the storyteller. If you can think of a cool order or a cool man, like if you wanted Gryffindor, <laughs> like I'm just I keep mentioning Harry Potter because it cracks me up. For the <laughs> what else am I going? To? I don't know anything so, about Harry Potter. So, but if it you keeps wanted, using these words, <laughs> if you wanted something like that to be a startup order. Of whatever hijinks, for whatever reason, you right. just like them. You like cults. Well, you could put them in there, and that's a good word, cult. Right. Uh, Absolutely. The, the if it's a cult of personality, you want to put in there, and these people turnstile folks for House and Clan Tremere that you could just use in politics, right. or netting influence. You can insert them um, in here, and and they also even talk about Gehenna cults. That's something that uh, they ha there hasn't been a lot of mention of up to this point, but there is specifically one in this clan book, 
and they're not immune. The Tremere are not immune, even right. though they know like, Hey, we can, we can kill these guys. Like we've killed one before. That's how we got here. They're not immune because they, there are other worlds than these. We'll just put it that way. You'll read for uh, read about them yourself. Yep. But they talk about the minions of the Tremere. And of course we know about the gargoyles, but then they, th- they have things like the hum- uh, homunculi, the, the flyer and the slug, those two little nasty little things. And then wh- one thing that I forgot, I forgot about something called the demon bound. I didn't forget about these things. They're of course you didn't. Right. But I did. I was like, what? No, not what of course the- I didn't. I should, have, I should, I should rephrase that. You say the name. Yes. And yeah. So what they are. So what is a demon bound? Uh, it, essentially, it's someone that's possessed by something. Yes, yeah, something. Uh, we, we take a human being and we just torture the soul right out of them. And then we let something else come on in. Now, if you're fans of the werewolf supplement and you have it here. Yes. Yes, you're right. Yeah. If in the back of your head, you're hearing the term for Mori. Yep. 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 Here's the here's the catch 22. They hope they make a Fomori. <laughs> Nine times out of ten, though, what they're pulling is from a place so dark, not even they fully understand it. And what enters is something that's going to promise them a lot of things. These are cool devices of plot when needed. Yeah. They are also cool servants to have and make, because not all of them turn out to be bad. And, well, they're all bad, but they're not going to kill you. Right. They're they're essentially, the way that they're written in here is they're designed to be not mindless, but fairly obedient servants servants that are much more powerful and strong than human beings. But they give you some caveats. There's a tendency for spontaneous combustion if overworked. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely it's worth reading those. And then, of course, we get into some rituals and uh, we get into some some path ideas. And they explain a little bit better the understanding of thaumaturgy from a dot perspective because a lot of times in the books you'll see a character that's got like six thaumaturgy or seven thaumaturgy now, now here we gotta kind of pump the brakes a little bit because we can't just glaze over this discipline right this is everything the clan shamirans everything that they are about and thaumaturgy literally translates the way of miracles that's what it means so it's old latin i believe and uh that's the terminology but it's literally they found a way through vampiric blood to make magic watered down from what they lost when they were mages but this is what makes them unique. They believe, to this point, they discovered this magic. That no one else has it. And so they have the propaganda machine to kind of tell everybody, this is what makes us awesome. Those of you listening have the supplements know that that is bullshit. Right. I'm, I'm going to lay it down right here. This is, and think of how they came into it. Once mages, worked real hard in the lab, hunted by everybody on all sides, barely living, right? working in so many secrets and back alley sabotage and what have you, all they had was themselves, and they were working to discover things on their own, literally right. using by force of will and experimentation to create magic. Right. It, it makes sense that they would be able to unlock that capability within their own vampiric blood. They made a lot of unique paths. Right. Now, what I mean by a lot, we'll say, I could say, tell you about about eight. Yeah, to tune of it that maybe no half a has. dozen, you know. But then there are some another bunch that they just share right. with a lot of other clans. Their claim to fame, and never let a player forget this if you're a storyteller, is blood thaumaturgy. That is what is unique to them. That is what gave them a lot of power. It's a versatile discipline that allows them to use blood in ways unheard of. That 
That that discipline alone, with the right imagination, the right person backing it, is more powerful than any pla- any path you have because it, ga- it gathers information. Also gives you a way to manipulate your own blood or another's to great effect in just about any any scenario yeah. you want you want to use it. It is often the least appreciated and um, most underrated. But there's a reason why they wrote this clan having that as their primary path. Typically, that's what you're going to start out with. And you should, because from a creative standpoint, as a player, once you can master those arcane arts, you can master blood thaumaturgy. You should be well equipped to creatively use any of the other ones. It's supposed to be your stepping stone, but also your philosopher's stone, because when you look at the other paths, you get like way of flame. Right. All right. So it's burning stuff. Okay. We got it. Right. You can make more fire. Great. Yeah. You're good. Weather control. Well, pretty on the nose, isn't it? (laughs) <laughs> right moving to the mind on the nose again those are cut and dry and obviously one through five they'll get more powerful the further right. you go but path of blood is wow yeah there's a lot of creativity that can go into it and a lot of versatility with that and just the ability to drop your generation <clears throat> and use more of your blood pool that you currently have to greater effect can single-handedly win a fight yeah. with whoever you're against and i i really don't want to be around this old ass ventru because I'm fairly certain he's going to manipulate my mind. Well, let's just uh, drop that old generation. Let's mutter some <laughs> words, the, the ancient ones, and yeah. concentrate a little bit. Stare at him, yeah. give him a wink. Yeah. We will take what you said into consideration. We need to leave him a bit peckish. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> right. it comes with the hunger and everything else. Oh, right? yeah. But it's, but it's time to sidestep. And, and you're out. Or how about the coolest effect ever in a book for Blood Thumb, period? Across the room... I suck the blood out of your pores, out of your eye sockets, out of your ears, and I absorb it into a part of my body of my choosing, like a pimp. Right? You're who? I'm bad as bruja. I'm going to crush your head. Well, but first, we'll have a snack. What? You know, just a flow of blood goes into you, and you're like, well, who am I dealing with? Yeah. The thaumaturgy, the rituals that go along with it, the varying paths. It is a major advantage for that clan. Let's not forget my favorite, Chimeranti Tribute, Sabat, drive-by feeding. <laughs> right? It's, all, it's the politicians out on the doorstep, Tremere drive-by, theft, blood to the car. Thanks for playing. Oh, man. Uh, you know, <laughs> shit's so good. And uh, So that was one other thing we forgot to mention. The Tremere uh, Gortrix and his flock go over to the Sabat. And the Tremere are like, all right, fuckers, have another curse. Right. Now we can see you wherever you go. The Tremere are great for that. You crossed us? All right, have a curse. Don't forget, you drank the cup too. Right, right. Yeah, remember what we said about blood bonding? Yeah, well, go fuck yourself. <laughs> but it's like one of the most interesting, when I first started playing this game... I uh, I was playing a Tremere, like I said, one of the starting, one of the first characters, and nervous and shaky because I, I I just read this book once, I didn't know all this shit by heart. Well, eventually I got in, got to play a Tremere, and this wasn't a great game I was playing in, but there was something really really cool. It was one scene, so this is like back in like 1999, right, and probably actually before that, probably like 98. I think it was like a sophomore in high school. And we had an all-night game. Every once in a while, 
we'd throw an all night game at somebody's house. We'd play from dark until daylight. Right. And this storyteller had this really great concept and we were all trapped at this house. And the reason why we were trapped at this house is because we're Camel Royal City and we're under siege by the Sabbat. Right. So it gives us a great excuse to all be held up in this one place. You need to trap me. Right. And and being being in sort of a real time gameplay. And he describes it's raining outside and we can't really see ahead of us because, you know, we're like we're under we're in war. Electricity's going out. Shit's happening. Storms are playing. And so I'm one of the Tremere and I'm standing outside and we're looking across this courtyard and it's dark and we start to see these movements. And one by one, we start to see these glowing images in the field. And what we're seeing are all the fucking Tremere anti-tribu appearing as the fucking obfuscate drops. And all we can see are their glowing uh, marks of the betrayer. And I was like, that worth the price of admission. Awesome visual. Because I was like, oh, shit. It's me, Tremere, and one other dude, Tremere, and he's like book glasses, dork guy, right? And we're like, <laughs> right, you know, like like traditional, like like, uh, oh dear, there's Tremere uh, and tribute in the like. All right, you're not going to be much of a help. I get that. I'm going to have to fight. So, and it was just like, that's a fucking badass visual, just the way it was described. And to me, that was like worth the price of admission. I was like, I'm I'm sticking with this game because. Who, where did they come from? Who was hiding right, them? You know, right. so it's just, it was just a really cool, and this was back when, you know, before Gehenna, the Tremere anti-tribute, they were still in the Sabbat and they were still a force to be reckoned with. I got forced to change my character, my, the Tremere I played, because mm-hmm. uh, I'm a big fan of, of the occult. Right. And I read this book and it said basically I had carte blanche to be the, the vampiric warlock I always knew I was. Right. And so... I got this candle skull, you know the type. You just get just pretty much anywhere. Right. And uh, at the Goth yeah, yeah. Show, right? Yeah. And I had it, and I bring it to game, but I have my, my favorite little accoutrement. Yeah. Different set of fucking uh, finger armor. Right. And it just looks like a massive claw. And I have it on this candle skull, and mm-hmm. I attend the clan meeting, and they're like, who are you? And I like I was whispering to the skull for the first part of the, the meeting. Like 15 minutes go by, and I just keep, no, that won't do. And then I keep whispering again. And eventually, naturally, someone's like, who are you? Who am I? Did you not get my letter? And they're like, okay. Everyone's talking normal. Right. And I'm trying to sound old world, right? Maybe a little British trying real hard, but own the accent is my thing. Right. And uh, when I finally turn around and told them, I give this long-winded name talking about the, the keys and the seventh circle of the 11th hour of the order of midnight. <laughs> and just said it and then and then they're, they're like out of game who the fuck are you and I, and I just and i didn't break character i just stared at him and gave a grin and they were like okay well um you're gonna have to speak to the lord he's he's in town he needs to speak to you if, if it's that important whose skull oh this old dune like yeah who's that it's a lord who def- defied the clan in my area he's still giving secrets you know necromancy <laughs> paltry tricks they're like what do i look inbred to you sir no this is power i wield you haven't learned the simple keys of power and they're like no then why am i talking to you simpleton and they were all like dude that's the region and i'm like i just read the book so like i didn't know like all, all this ins and outs needless to say the storyteller like he's the lord and when he was talking to me he's like you are too much for this group <laughs> he's like what he goes dude you're awesome but like you god i want to he told me that quote i want to make you like lord of of the group but you just started tonight can i get you to play like something else and we'll come back to this character 
because it's too much. It was too intense. And I'm like, it's not too intense. Read the, if you read the book, it tells you this is exactly right. the type. He goes, nah, everybody here just wants to kind of throw a fireball and maybe, you know, taste some <laughs> blood and know some secrets. You're like talking some other yeah. shit. And I was like, all right. Yeah, in most of the live action games that I played, the, the Tremere clan, the way that it was played, I don't want to go too deep into this because we should leave something for our podcast on Sunday. That's true. But in every, almost every game that I played, the people that chose to play Tremere did it impeccably they always seem just slightly left of everyone they, they else always seem corporate right it's, right it's the first clan book where every this clan book really birthed uniform in terms of like you can go to any larp anywhere and you're mm-hmm. gonna have that seven that order that regent you're, yeah. gonna, you're gonna have that group and they're all gonna seem like annoying pains in the asses to anybody outside yeah. of the clan do you ever do you ever remember seeing in a common game setting an argument bef- uh, between tremere in front of other people no. I, every other clan, Ventru, Torador, Bruja, etc., you'd see clan arguments. The only clan that I would say is immune to it completely, in my experience, has been the Tremere. Because of that code. And then a, a close second is the Nosferatu, but for totally different reasons. Right. But yeah, it was always like, those three assholes over there know something. And, and they're not know, sharing. What you don't know behind closed doors, those three assholes try to kill each other. Right. <laughs> right. They're like to their face, like it's right. time to die. Henrik. Right. Right. Oh, you think so, Mortimer? Bring it. <laughs> Another 10 years, I'll be stabbing you in the neck. All right, let's go talk to these schmucks. At the end of this meeting tonight, don't forget you're on toilet duty. <laughs> right. You get involved in a, like an inner clan conversation and they're in private and it's like, I'm going to have you clean in my shoes. Ow. I'm going to have you dust in the shelves. Well, let's go present a solid and face. We can't forget one of the coolest ways to resolve disputes. Like if two people were going to come to blows, the Tremere does not want to lose assets. Right. And so if it's decided... A ranking Tremere, like usually the regent, will just start there, decides that she'll have a blood certamen. And what this determines, it's a ritual where just whatever design they have you stand on, it's basically right. split in the middle, one on each side. And you can only use thaumaturgy in a creative fashion to combat another's thaumaturgy. And it's something about enacting the ritual that allows you to do this in a facet that determines a clear winner and a clear loser. So, can be fun to roleplay out. It's something that... Uh, this book briefly mentions, and we'll get in heavy detail later on, but I want to mention it because I definitely know in the revised Tremere book, it outlines it. This one, I yeah. briefly remember them mentioning it, but it wasn't as detailed. Yeah, I don't I don't recall it being mentioned in here, so we may be jumping ahead. I don't know, though. Um, I want to give it, though. Jumping yeah. ahead is something you need to know about because it's to let you know this clan does understand. Right. Because at this point, you're like, well, what happens if I, if I hate Nate and we're in the same house, but neither one of us is a higher rank? Right. How do we resolve that dispute? And in the future, when you get into the more detailed clan books, the revised edition clan books, they go into much greater detail. There's a lot of detail in these books, but these were as much detail as they came up with at this time. That really wet the whistle. I mean, it's not even just that. They they satiate you with this. Right. But they get cooler as it right. goes along. Like th- That's why I say this book is you got to own it. Right. It, a lot of the clan books now own them. We, and I won't mention the exception if you've been listening, you already know our feelings on one. But this one, fantastic for anything else because you want to be thorough right. in knowing where the lore comes from about your clan because it doesn't in the revised edition. Right. They make footnotes, but this one gives details. Right. To and this this does not pull punches about the clan's origins. At all. They have zero sympathy. It is not presented in a sympathetic manner at all. It's shit. 
We wanted to be vampires, and now we are. And we had to backstab, kill, <laughs> kidnap, and torture to get here. And here we are. Done. And here's where you are. And then, of course, it gives you your obligatory character uh, concepts in the back. Gives you 10 really cool character concepts very unique ideas and then it uh, uh at the back it, it goes over some of those personalities the inner circle uh or the inner council the council of seven and then it seems like there is a drawing of a very muscular long-haired iced tea i don't know if anybody else got that <laughs> yes. uh it's so good it's so good <laughs> they got some cool they got some cool drawings of some awesome looking yeah. people on the council but iced tea's there it's a it is it looks like a blonde haired built iced tea <laughs> anyways <laughs> yeah it looks like she got savaged by a werewolf or two motherfucking iced tea <laughs> all right well so that's the end of clan book tremere uh final thoughts awesome get it None said. Yeah, it's a, definitely a worthwhile buy, um, especially if you are a collector, you want to read where the origins come from. Of course, we're still going to suggest that you you check out those revised. But if you're building up, if you're following along with us, this is a worthwhile buy. This is good to know because right off the bat, you're going to get information that you didn't have access to in other books. Right. And it's going to tell you historical precedented fact and also those cults man once you get into those cults that's going to open up a whole new door for you so definitely check it out uh what do we got coming up next let me pull up the correct page here uh and i'll tell you in a moment uh let's see these should all be checked out okay so next is vampire the masquerade kindred most wanted <laughs> Uh, do you want me to just quote that book next? Just, uh, I, I will let everybody know I've read that book the absolute most of any other book I've yeah, ever read. It's a it's a great worthwhile book. It's uh, it's going to be a podcast similar to uh, our Children of the Inquisition review. So it'll probably be a little bit on the longer side because it's going to be a bunch of characters and it's going to be us going over them, going over their origins, laughing, and, having yeah. fun. Uh, another oversized book. Um, I love it for that. It's a coffee table book. It's uh, it's one of the two uh, oversized books, and we're lucky enough to have copies of both of them. Oh, we can't get into it, dude. Yeah. We can't just this next. So next week, good. next Friday. Anyways, please leave us questions, comments. Uh, if you are interested in supporting us, check us out on Patreon. If you want to touch base with us, we're available on Twitter. We're available on Facebook. That will all be posted on our website along with this podcast. So definitely check it out. Let us know what you think. If you have ideas for us to do side reviews, if you're, uh, if you're a contributor to our Patreon, you have things you want us to review, let us know. We've talked about it before on other podcasts, but hey, we love to talk to our fans. We love to talk to people that listen to us. So we're available on Discord. We're like almost always available. So if you have questions for us, you want to actually get to know us better, hop on Discord. FYI, Discord's also a message post place. So if, if we aren't there for whatever reason, because we're doing the podcast for one, load up the messages, man. Yeah, hey. Send them. They don't give us give us your messages in one slot. Each individual that sends a message, it will separate them by that individual. So we will definitely get to you with relevance. Usually yep. a turnaround time of almost a handful of hours. So, so yeah, feel hey, free. definitely. And, uh, you know, if you have ideas for the podcast, you uh, 
want to contribute some of those ideas, don't hesitate. We're, we love to hear from you guys, and we love the support that you give us, and we want to grow so that more people can enjoy it as well. So thanks for listening. Until next week, I'm Nathan. And I'm Bob, Lord High Apprentice of Utility Muffin Labs. Of the Fifth Circle. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun.